Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your host, Dr. Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you folks this morning and uh, to be able to share God's word and to hop in here. What a time we've had over the past few days this week. And we're continuing on talking about pressing toward that mark of the prize of the high calling of God through Christ Jesus. And oh, what examples we learned yesterday from your word, God, and, and uh, being able to share with you guys. Thank you, Stephanie, for being with us uh, again today and the examples you gave. How are you today? I'm rejoicing in the Lord, Doug. We're continuing to rejoice through the book of Philippians. And uh, we're rejoicing today in, in uh, Philippians chapter 3. Starting, I want to read, I want to start. We were just praying about this and talking about this. I want to start in Philippians 3, 15 and 16. It says, Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless, whereto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us mind the same thing. Wow, Paul's going on with a lot. You know, this book is, it's like First Second Corinthians to me, which is like this autobiographical thing, and God inspired what Paul was going through. I believe that's exactly what's happening again here in, in, in Philippians, and, and Paul's continuing to remind us that, that Christianity is not a spectator sport. It's not something that we sit back and watch. You know, I for a while in my life, I just wanted to make as much money as humanly possible, Stephanie, so I could sit in the cheap seats and throw money toward people and thinking I was doing everything I had to do. And uh, we forget that God wants the best from us, that, you know, Paul's challenging the church at Philippi. He's challenging us a couple, you know, thousand years later to be faithful brethren, to be of the same mind, to keep our eyes fixed on Christ. And, and I mean, you look at those two verses we just read, Stephanie, uh, as many of you be perfect. And you say, how can we be perfect and like-minded? How do we get that word perfect? Well, I think there's that we can't be perfect exactly. in and of ourselves. We can't be perfect. So I think he's saying, um, you know, as when he says, let us therefore as many as be perfect, you know, Paul just got done saying, um, not as though I had already attained either. We're already perfect. So, you know, verse 12, he's saying, I'm not perfect. So verse 15, he's saying, let us therefore as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And I think there's, I think Paul's saying, as many of us ought, there's that concept of a clean heart, clear conscience, where we're focused on serving God with our heart, our whole heart, our whole soul, our whole mind. And I, I personally think that's what he's talking about here, where he's saying, yeah, you have that wholehearted. You're seeking after Christ. You're seeking to become like Him, and you're letting Christ fill you and work in you and through you. Yeah. And I think he's saying to this church, this is how we're supposed to be. This is the mind that we are to have. And, yeah. he's, and I think he's going back to 13, 14 of being reaching forth to what God has yeah. for us to do. You know, it reminds me when I was a kid, we used to do a lot of lake swimming and pond swimming. You know, I grew up way out in the country in Connecticut, northeast corner. It's as far, as far away from uh, uh New York City, as you could get and still be in Connecticut. And uh, and we were way out in the country. I mean, just to live in our town, you had to have a couple acres with your house. Seems like everybody had about five or six or 10. And 
or more. And I can remember, and with my mind, I can remember coming to this pond. And man, people were jumping in, but you couldn't see the bottom. You couldn't see what was there. And I remember a friend said to me, he said, you're never going to experience this until you jump in. You never know what it's going to be like. But I was a little bit scared. I really didn't want to step out. I didn't want to uh, ride the whitewater raft, uh, you know, the whitewater rapids and Pigeon Forge a couple years ago. And I think we told you about that with Brother Pierce and his family. And Debbie and I hopped on these tubes and we rode the rapids for an hour. And uh, I, I remember thinking to myself, and I mean, it was cranking a couple times. I, it was just, <sighs> I mean, it was coming. But I, I experienced it because I did it. I didn't just sit back. I just wasn't a spectator. And that's the point, even though I got lost for a minute in my own thought pattern there, which I usually do anyway. Uh, the, the bottom line is we can't be spectators. If we want to enjoy, if we want to be part of God's work, we can't sit back and cheer other people on. God wants us all in. It's not a spectator sport. And I believe that's what's going on. Nevertheless, where to we have already attained. No, it doesn't matter what we've already done for God. Let us walk by the same rule, it says there in verse 16. Let us mind the same thing. Let's step out. Let's do something about it. Let's be different. Let us, uh, you know, whatever it takes, God's perfect, his perfect love, his perfect love, let that love, let that perfection of our Lord and Savior. Let that be our zeal. Let that resonate. Let that be part of our success. Let God work through us because we can't achieve a thing without him. I can make somebody, I can talk somebody into doing something for one day. I can encourage them and prod them and push them and do all those kinds of things. And maybe for one day, I could change them. But I'll tell you, when they got the Holy Spirit of God, when God gets a hold of somebody, man, he changes everything. And he gives us an example here, I think, in verse 17. He says, brethren, be followers together of me and mark them which walk so as ye have us for an example or an example. And I think about this, Stephanie, and we should be hanging out with dudes who are like Paul. We should take him as a model. We, he, this is the inspired word of God. And, you know, the Holy Spirit's inspiring Paul to tell us these things. He's an ideal person to follow with this. He's given us an example. He's letting the Holy Spirit take over me, showing us, I think, humility here. And uh, we don't need to pretend. We just need to step out and do work for God. And, and we need to step yeah. out, Stephanie. Yeah. Well, that's the life of faith. Yeah. And I think that a lot of this is coming to that point of realizing that, you know, the Christian walk is walking by faith and not by sight. And yeah, that can be scary and it can involve pain. It can involve disappointment within a sin cursed world. Yeah. But again, all of those things God uses Romans eight twenty eight. all things work together for good. And, you know, Paul had been through shipwrecks. He had been through beatings. He had been through all of those things. And yeah. yet his eyes had never, never lost their focus of staying fixed on the Lord. And um, I love the passage where Paul talks about that he had a thorn in the flesh even yeah. that really, really bothered him. I mean, it was something he really struggled with and, um, now that I struggle with PTSD and stuff, I, I've joked with, you know, joked with you of maybe Paul PTSD, maybe that was that thorn in the flesh that he begged God to deliver him from. And 
but whatever it was, God said, no, you know, I'm not delivering you from it, but my grace is sufficient for thee and my strength is made perfect in weakness. Yeah. And then Paul said, most gladly, therefore, will I, you know, will I deal with this, that the power of Christ can rest upon me. And I think, you know, when we, for those of us that have been through trauma and have been through abuse or um, traumatic events that have left us feeling so crippled and so inadequate, you know, if you, if you can get your focus on Jesus and who he is the way Paul could, it makes all of those other things become dim. Those things aren't the focus of your mind and the focus of your thoughts. Are they real? Yes. Are they struggles? Yes. Are there some days that feel like they're a complete battle? Yes. But in the end, you have Jesus on your side helping you, Praise giving God. you the strength, giving you the grace, giving you the joy to get through those battles. And that's what God uses to, to bring us through the sanctification process, to bring us to that to that image of his son and becoming who Christ has for us to be. Yeah. And I think, I, you know, I think the point here too is, you know, people say, well, I'm humble. I want to just be a humble creature here on earth. I don't care what you here, are here on earth. You still need to step out and serve God with whatever gifts he's given us. And yeah. we, we still need to do that. And I think that's exactly what you were just talking about. We've got our job to do. And, uh, you know, we've talked a million times, well, how do we do it? And, and Stephanie said to us probably half the days going through Philippians, well, it begins with that relationship with Christ. It begins reading the Word of God. It begins putting the Word of God in place. It begins praying through His promises of some of the things we've talked about. It begins trusting in Him. It, it just begins, you know, mark them, you know, become part of them. Know, know who they are that are like you. Hang out with them. Follow them. You know, use them as leadership. The the army does that. the The army promotes people who are deserve promotion. The army uh, promotes people who, you know, who can make a difference. The army does that to uh, show people that this is how things work, and you know, follow that guy. But then Stephanie, you know, as we go on to three eighteen and three nineteen, starting here in three eighteen, it says, "Many walk of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping." that they are enemies of the cross of Christ. So he's not, you know, he's not coming across this. There are people out there that are, are trying to hurt him. There are people out there, uh, you know, Paul's wept over these people. Uh, there are people out there, he, you know, he's talked about with cries and tears. He's, he's talked about these things he's been through. And can you imagine the scene there in prison there? You know, there's people, there's probably people that told him, hey, you know, cheer up, man, we... Uh, we believe what you believe. I've had people tell me that. I had a uh, a man who went on to become the vice president of the United States say, I believe every word. I believe every word you just preached. I preached in our church in his home state years ago when he was a senator. And and uh, he looked, he walked up to me and said, his exact words were, Sarge, I believe every word. Well, he didn't believe every word. He went on to be the vice president. And, and man, his administration did more against God's word than anybody I've ever seen. And, and, and so Paul's saying that firsthand. He's saying, listen, man, um, you know, uh, many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are enemies of the cross of Christ. And these people will come up to you weeping and saying, you know, I, I, 
I just couldn't do that. I just couldn't do that. And, and, and what do we do? I mean, you know, you run across somebody and Stephanie, you've run across them. These people that told you they were their friends, they die for you, they do anything for you. And now they're enemies of your ministry in the cross of Christ. And how do we deal with that? With the enemies of the cross of Christ. Well, that's a lot. That's a big subject. I hit you hard with that one. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think there's, I think honestly, it depends. We obviously have Jesus saying, love your enemies, do good to those that hate you. But at the same time, when you're dealing with someone who has, who has heard the truth and, and I've, as I've, lived life, I've seen that people who have had the truth and have chosen to reject it or have twisted it into a perverted version of what they want it to be for themselves. Yeah. Those people in some ways are a bigger enemy of the cross of Christ oh, they're, than the yeah. lost because you're the lost don't, they don't have the Holy spirit of God in them. They are not. Um, yeah. It becomes they, a they, they, They're dead. They're spiritually yeah. dead, right? But when you have someone who claims the name of Christ, who who has at the very least a salvation profession, and only God knows the heart. I I know people who would who would swear on a stack of Bibles that they know Christ, walk with Him, whatever, whatever. But mm-hmm. based on their life, yeah. I would have to seriously question. And these are people, you know leadership quote-unquote positions or whatever and i'm not trying to attack anyone i'm just saying when you when you claim the name of christ and your life and your testimony and your daily walk screams yeah hang on one second your micro your microphone took a digger here hang on yeah when you claim the name of christ you're, you're going on you're talking about and we caught all that you can go keep keep on going i just readjusted you a little bit there you are. Okay. All right. I'm not sure what's going on because I'm in the exact same spot. Oh, no, no. The microphone on my side. The, oh, okay. So I'm recording. Okay. I'm wearing a cordless mic on my chest, and I have a cordless mic up against the speaker on the phone. And the one up against the speaker on the phone, I leaned forward, and when I did, it, it fell, so I caught it in my hand and put it back. So now you know everything. All right, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you have people, be they saved or lost, that are honestly blaspheming the name of Christ. Yeah. And um, they're in their words and their actions in, you know, when you have someone who claims to be a Christian, time after time after time, and there is no, there is no repentance, there is no evidence of shame or conviction of sin, that terrifies me for that person and makes me question, are they really a child of God when when what they are displaying in their life is um, is the pattern of the devil? You know, the devil is the father of lies. And that's just one example. But Paul says here, you know, mark those who walk are, are on that path of godliness and, you know, are, you know, Paul could say, be followers of me, you know, the same way I'm following Christ, you follow me. And wow, that's just like, knew he was in the center of God's will. He knew he was in the place God had for him to be. And then Paul contrasts that with, this broke Paul's heart. Yeah, it did. And, that, and we... that there was people he knew that were 
literal enemies of the cross of Christ. And that's a dangerous spot to be in. And, um, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm watching in my life, some people that I would love, you know, that's, that's the beautiful thing of the cross of Christ. That's a beautiful thing of knowing Christ is you may have to separate from people. You may have to, um, protect yourself, your children, whatever, um, from people, from situations, from environments, from relationships, but that never get, God never gives us the excuse to hate. And the fact here that Paul says, and tell you now, even weeping, this broke Paul's heart. And there should never be anything in us that delights in yeah, seeing yeah. someone be, be an enemy of the cross of Christ. It yeah. should break our hearts. And that's what the love of Christ does. It breaks our hearts for saved or lost. And and I use that save, that term saved loosely in this scenario because um, there are times I say, okay, God, I'm glad you know the heart. I'm just going to pray that you will work in this situation because from all outward appearances, if someone is acting like this, there yeah. is no evidence of God really working. Well, and I and, think, um, yeah, I think, you know, we got to go to 19 here. And I think yeah, we and don't want to miss this go. opportunity whose end, yeah. whose end is destruction, whose God yeah. is their belly, whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. So he's going on that. He's talking about these people where he's weeping and, and they're enemies of the cross. And he's going on and he's, he's explaining their end is destruction. They're, they're not saved. And, and we know these people, Stephanie, these people have tried to hurt us. We, we know these people. We've seen their words on Facebook. We've, we, we've witnessed their things where they, they try to contradict God's word. They try to put a different lean on God's word that they're talking about God being their belly and, and whose glory is in their shame and, and, and who do earthly things. And, you know, you know, and I'm thinking about that, who mind earthly things. And, you know, as we go to that, and the thing you're talking about here is, is Paul saddened by these people yeah. who call themselves Christians. Paul saddened yeah. by these people who thrown caution to the wind and just all out go against God and his word. Yeah. I mean, you've had people, uh, Stephanie, who said your husband's not a modern, that he was dumb. You've, yeah. you've had people that, that stand in the way of God's work. You've stood there and been hurt and, 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 and by, by people you love and care about. And, and, uh, I, I mean, you've been where Paul's at. And there's people listening to our voices today. There, there's people that are at the edge of our voices today who've loved people, who've cared for people, who've nurtured people, who've studied with people, who are part of their sanctification process. And these people are stabbing them in the back and they're outside of God's will. And, and they just don't want to keep on going because they say this hurts too much. Yeah. What do we do? Well, I think we get our eyes back on Jesus and... Um, you know, there's, that's where I say there is hurt involved in the Christian life because we live in a sin cursed world. And, um, you know, there's times that, and I've told you this so many times, I'm like, you know, having, having my husband who willingly gave his life for the cause of the gospel and to have his martyrdom belittled or, um, put down or shoved to the side as of no consequence does that hurt? Oh yeah, that hurts deeply. And then I remember that my savior, who is the perfect son of God. Yeah. Yeah. 
I know it. I know it hurts. Did so much more yeah. for me. And, and, you know, there's just that, there's that fellowship of his suffering that comes into play as you choose, you have to choose to focus on the fact that for me, it's like Charles in heaven, their words can't touch him. And to remember that we serve a righteous judge. And I think that's where there's peace. And then there's also that point that brings you to weeping because it hurts. God's not willing that any should perish. Yeah. Yeah. And Christ died even for those people that spat in his face. And you could see it's as clear. It's as clear as the hand in front of your face that these people are goofy. And there's people listening to us today with hurting hearts, with PTSD, helping people with PTSD. And they're running across these knuckleheads. They're they're steeped in the knuckleheadedness that's going on. And, (laughs) and, uh, and, and, and I mean, it hurts. It hurts to be them. It does. It hurts to be around these people. Yet Paul keeps on saying, I'm pressing toward the high mark. You know, this is bigger than me. This I'm pressing toward, you know, God in Jesus Christ. I'm I'm gonna make a difference. Yeah. I am you know, brethren, as we wind this down today and talk about it, and boy, this is good stuff, man. I I'm telling you what, I feel like we uh we're really in God's exact place for our hearts to be with these devotions and this this broadcast. I, I really think that everybody's going through this, Stephanie, in one way or another. And I know I pushed your button when I brought up the knucklehead who said your husband wasn't a martyr. And, and, uh, but there's people maybe not going through something that bad. I, honestly, the average person probably would shoot this person. So I give you credit for not shooting them. But I, you know, I, I'm just thinking that Paul's continuously going backwards and saying, but I'm not hung up on that. I'm pressing right. toward the high mark. I'm pressing toward the calling. So, I I mean, is that what you're seeing here? What's our job after what we went over uh, today? You know, these these couple verses here, 16 through 19. I mean, what's our job? What are we getting from this? Well, I come away from from this passage, and obviously we're going to get into the um, flip side of the coin, um, as Paul describes, you know, who, who these enemies of the cross of Christ are and, you know, they glory in their shame. And that's, I have witnessed that on multiple levels with multiple people where there is literal, a literal glorying in the fact that they can either get away with trash or that they, they glory in their sin. And that's a frightful place to be when you can literally take pleasure in your sin. I mean, talk about a dead, a dead relationship with God and, um, the satanic counterfeit for, for what life is to be about. Um, and I come away from this thinking of Hebrews, um, 11 and 12 and, um, in Hebrews 11, you know, we have the hall of faith where God talks about all these people who are willing to, to walk life by faith trusting in god and you know the chapter ends with um some of them being killed and and 39 and 40 of chapter 12 say and these all having obtained a good report through faith received not the promise because these were people a lot of these were people in the old testament before christ had come and verse 40 says god having provided something better uh, some better thing for us that they would us 
should not be made per should not be made perfect. And then he goes into chapter twelve and says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Amen. And then verse two says, looking into Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And I think that's the bottom line here. Where there's that sin. I, I think the sin that Paul is specifically talking about here is the sin of unbelief. Yeah, and I think so and too. And it is and, so easy yeah. to get our mind off of Christ. Yeah, and yeah. that's that's the whole crux of Philippians here. And I, and I think that's what, friends, on this 119th podcast, I mean, it just comes, keep your eyes on Jesus. Uh, keep your eyes on Jesus. Just look forward. There's knuckleheads. There's people going to hurt you. There's people going to badmouth you. There's people going to marginalize your service for God. There are people who aren't going to believe you're saved. There are people who are going to do you wrong. But you know what? Yeah. It's not about them. It's about God. Yeah. Look toward Christ, yeah. my friends. Hey, what an honor it is to be with you folks again today. We sure do love you. And uh, it's it's all about God. And uh, thank you for letting us come into your earways today. And make sure you find us on our private pages or out there in Helpful Wounded Spirits and drop us a line. We sure do love you. Thank you. Thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources and to help continue this podcast, visit us at woundedspirits.com.